I'm so excited. This is the first podcast of Love My City podcast, and I'm, I'm uh, Samuel Goulet, and I'm here with Pastor Mike Hatch, and uh, self, uh, self-titled uh, Baby Boomer and Millennial. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And the entire narrative of this podcast, all of the episode and guests will be to accomplish one narrative, one storyline, and that's how do we love our cities well. So you may live, we live in Las Vegas, but others may live in Chicago, New York, in small cities. It doesn't matter the size or the type of the city, but we're building a narrative and a concept of how do we love our city well? Mm -hmm. And all the guests will feature different perspectives and roles in city, uh, different mindsets, different age groups. We've been excited because we have uh, a common ground, but we also have unique differences Mm -hmm. of our upbringing and of our current like life place, yourself being a baby boomer in age and myself being a millennial in age. Um, And so we're really excited about it. Uh, I know you're excited about it. You've had a lot of thoughts and ideas about where this can go. And this is our first podcast together. And uh, I haven't heard of or seen this often. No, we're both pastors in Las Vegas of different churches, different uh, organizations, and and honestly, communities and flows mm-hmm. and networks. Um, but we did a podcast together because I've known of you for a, a really long time and a significant leader in the city. Uh, and we did a podcast on our Mountain Church one. Right. And then during our conversation after, we said, I think there's a significant narrative we can build. Absolutely. Not for my church or your church, right. but for us, for city for perspectives city. of loving yeah. cities. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that when we had our first podcast, uh, some things came out that just really, really touched my heart. And uh, the way that we we allowed the spirit, if you will, to carry us into different environments, different areas, different mind frames were important. And so important that we could have very easily taken any of those string lines we went on and made a whole podcast of those. Absolutely. Uh, But I looked at it even from the perspective of the overall perspective of you being a baby, you being a a millennium, you being a baby boomer. And there's been, you know, some friction. You know, to Absolutely. to say the least, yeah. uh, with the understanding, the millennials understanding the baby boomers and the baby yeah. boomers understanding or lack of yeah. understanding with the baby boomers, yeah. some with the millennials, because sometimes baby boomers feel like you know they want to raise. Uh, the millennials, the way we were raised, we were raised with just uh, whatever we say, whatever an adult says, yeah. you do it. Yeah. Well, the millennials are a little bit different. They, mm-hmm. they want, just explain to me why, which is not always bad. Yeah. And so I think as, as we, you know, go through some of the issues that we deal with, uh, it will bring healing to that whole situation as well as addressing the issues that we want to talk about. So I think it's, I'm, I'm excited about it because I believe that the, the healing that can come out of this, along with the information for whatever topic yeah. we decide to discuss, you know, coming from, because, you know, the scripture tells us two are better than one, for they have a good reward for their labor. Yeah. And so the idea is that our minds together, you know, are better than our minds singular. Yeah. And it, it is ironic almost that you mentioned how baby boomers are raised and prefer to, and then how millennials uh, prefer to. And the first topic of today, you might say that would provide a lot of discussion would be the why. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty ironic, but That's right. we're, we're we're asking this question: Why, why do what we do? Um, why attempt to love a city? Uh, why and what is our why? I, I've been married for ten years. Uh, I know you've been married for longer, and I have four kids: five, three, uh, two, and four months. Mm. 
And there's been a lot of beautiful seasons in my, my life with my wife. Um, but I've always recognized from early on with her that both of us having a really strong why was the glue and it was the covenant commitment that carried us through uh, difficult times of trying to find an understanding of trying to grow together and, and having a really sound why was the thing that kept me really engaged. Like yeah. my why was greater than the trial, the conflict, the difficulty. And we find ourselves in a city where, and, and loving a city, it's, it's not easy uh, to always be engaged in it in your heart. Uh, it's not easy to, to not get automatic and just, I'm doing it. I'm just kind of going about it. But to stay in it and to stay loving a city really well takes a profound why. Yeah. yeah and so much. I want to ask you, what, what do you find is your really profound, significant why? Like, why do you go to <clears throat> all the lengths you go to to love the city? Well, I think, you know, it, it, it always, I believe that anything and everything that we do in life uh, has, has its substratum, if you will, in our childhood. Because I'm yeah. I'm a big believer that as you are socialized naturally, family, and spiritually, uh, as a youngster, uh, because I believe it's the ages of nine to eleven where we're the most impressionable, that mm. things stick with us for the rest of our life. Yeah, and you know how our parents. Um, you know, how they approached life, how they approached different situations. And what I found is that, you know, intimacy uh, as a child has a tendency to carry over into our adult life. Intimacy, not so much sexual, but intimacy. Yeah. About, Relational you know, connection. Re yes, all of relating, that. Relating, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, all of that has has a... a, a um, a place in someone's heart at some level for everyone. Yeah. Now, depending upon how um, your temperament engages uh, your personality will determine how, in fact, you are able to relate to a city, mm -hmm. uh, a community, a neighborhood, a church. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, all of that is, yeah. is wrapped up in that. <clears throat> so my, my thing is that uh, what I have found is that um, the way I was raised, I was raised in a way that was all about helping people. My grandmother was the most influential person in my life, and her goal was always to help people. <clears throat> and one of the things she never did, she never found fault with people. Mm -hmm. She always, she had this, and now that she's gone, I mean, I didn't think about it when I was raised, but yeah. she had this, this, this innate ability to be able to look at the positive in the most negative situation. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was just amazing. So she was able, I mean, my uncle... Excuse me. He died in prison. He spent his his last sentence was eighty to two hundred and forty years in prison for some heinous crimes. Wow! Uh, but he he was he was a genius. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Highly intelligent. Yeah, highly intelligent, but n not intelligent enough to stay out of prison. But <laughs> the point was was that she found a way to always uh, look at the positive side and try to make him positive. And look at the positive, even though he had a totally negative situation. Mm. And so what that did for me was to be able to look at people not in the negative, but why? See, I don't look at people for what they do. Yeah. I always want to know why they do it. <clears throat> uh, back to 2000. Motive. You're trying to discern the motive. Yes. Yes. Very cool. Yeah, the motive, the why. You know, it's not about what somebody does. It's why they do it. Okay, and so when you talk about the why, the why is a deep pit. It can go a long way. What do you think? What do you think happens in your heart when you can find somebody's motive? Yeah, well, then, then it, make, it gives you a level to make a decision of how you're going to approach 
Um, and I think as believers, uh, the greatest thing we have is love. There's, there's faith, there's hope, there's love, but the greatest of these is love. So when I find the motive, how can I love on that person, finding, if, even if their motive is bad, but many times a, a, a bad motive comes from, it's learned behavior to a certain degree. In some cases, you know, they learn from their community to steal. They learn from the community to manipulate. Yeah. They learn from their parents to lie, to steal, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, they learn how to, you know, navigate life in a very negative sense. Yeah. So the idea is that to find out, okay, um, why? Yeah. Why? The motive. And then let's love them into realizing, hey, there's actually a better way. You know, there's a better way. Yeah. Uh, you can actually get to the same place without manipulating. You can get there without stealing. You can get there without lying. Yeah. And I think that's our role <clears throat> as pastors because we deal with people that are hurting all the time. And so our goal is not to judge them. You know, you, you don't want to judge them. You, it's our goal to help them, to, to encourage them. I always use three term, three three uh, words. It's engage, um, in, uh, engage, to encourage, and to um, empower. Yeah. Engage, empower, encourage, yeah. whatever way you want to put it. Yeah, in your order. And so, because you have to empower somebody, you have to engage them. Mm. And engaging them, you have to find a way to encourage them. And there's a lot built in those three words. Absolutely. Yeah, to be able to get someone from one level to the next level. Because that's, that's our goal is to help people grow. And so when you deal with the, the why of whatever the situation is, it's like, okay, now I know from which premise or which approach to take to engage empower and encourage. It's really interesting. I, I had this pastor in town tell me that he, somebody no showed a meeting with him and didn't even follow up about it. Yes. And uh, I was like, oh, that's, that's tough. And he said, yeah, you know, but I'm not going to subscribe that or I'm not going to put that to his heart. I'm going to put that to his head. Yes. Like yes. he forgot. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting. Yes. I said, that's so interesting. He said, oh yeah. And I go, where did you get that? He's like, oh, my dad and I have always talked uh -huh. about it. Uh -huh. His dad was a pastor. Uh -huh. And it allowed him to, because if he had asserted that that person's heart motive was to no-show, yep. was to disrespect him, yep. was to waste his time, yep. Yep. then there's a real issue there. Yep. But if he could put it to, he forgot, he had a lot going on, then it's a different, it, and, and to me, it does something to release compassion. Yes. Yes. And I think that might be a really significant first thing we're identifying in loving our city well. Yes. Is that there's a lot of injustice. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of difficulty. There's a lot of crazy things said, done, and a lot of angles taken that if there is this assertion that people are bad or they're doing it on purpose to really, really hurt us, uh, then I think we could miss the opportunity to have compassion for people. Absolutely. No, absolutely. The idea <clears throat> is that we have to make a choice. When, when, when negative situations come, we have to make a choice. You know, and, and one of the problems with making a choice is in order to make a perfect decision or a perfect choice, you have to have perfect foreknowledge, perfect perfect now knowledge, yeah. and perfect foreknowledge. Yeah. Well, we don't have that. Yeah. We don't have any people well, say 2020. I, mean, I do, and a lot of millennials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. where yeah. the money would have missed it. So next cause, episode, cause, yeah, millennial we, arrogance. You got all of that, right? <laughs> The, the, the perfect foreknowledge, the perfect Absolutely. present knowledge, and perfect foreknowledge. Of course. Right? Of, course. Yeah, of course you got it. Yeah. So that's why I'm here with you, so I can get some of that. But actually, the thing is, is that 
The only way we can make a perfect decision is submit ourselves to God because only he has perfect foreknowledge, perfect present knowledge, and perfect foreknowledge. So to submit it to him and his spirit will reveal to us what we need to know. But here's notice one thing that that it says about love in 1 Corinthians 13. Love does not think evil. Yeah. That's a key point in that passage. It doesn't want to think the negative, the most negative. So love, because love does what? It covers a multitude of sin. Yeah, that is really interesting. It is. So so do you, so do you think how does how does love do that? Because it's not naive or ignorant. Uh-uh. So uh-huh. then when it identifies something wrong, a uh-huh. sin, something uh-huh. truly unjust, something yes. truly ugly, something truly detrimental. Yeah. How does it choose to cover that? Well, first of all, as we well know, <clears throat> that it is impossible in the human nature it is absolutely impossible. Uh, human nature is only capable of one type of love, and that's conditional love. Mm, the yeah. human nature is only... It's fair, only. just, these things are super important to how it applies love. Yes. Yeah, and so the reality is that, that the Holy Spirit has to be involved in the individual's life. Because the agape love, that kind of a love that God is speaking of in First Corinthians 13 is agape. That is not obtained on the earth. It doesn't come with the human package. Put yeah. it like that. We're not born with the ability to have agape love. Agape love is love that comes from beyond the Holy us. Spirit. It's yeah. way beyond yeah. us. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit to engage in our life. Yeah. And that comes by prayer, which is a whole other issue. But when the Holy Spirit is engaged and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life, it will produce the fruits of righteousness. It will produce the fruit that we don't have. Think about it. How many people do you know that are really patient, that are not saved. None. Because patience is not possible without the Holy Spirit. And whenever, whenever... I like you, how you didn't let me answer when you were talking about no, patience. No, no, Because I know some people, oh, I know. No, they're not. It's just not. Because uh, whenever the scripture says the fruit of the Spirit is, yeah. that means it's not produced naturally. Yeah, it's a character asserted to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God. yes. Yeah. So love is one of those. So the Holy Spirit has to be involved because our human nature always is uh, selfish and it's vindictive. The human nature wants to always say, oh, I know they meant. But love says, no, they didn't mean that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give them a chance. Hey, I, you know. And then the other thing is uh, experience. It is because I've, I've forgotten about appointments. Yeah. Totally forgot. Just yeah. plain old forgot. Yeah. Didn't put him in my phone. Sure. You were driving on the, on the phone and you made an appointment on the call and whatever. Yep. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that can, that can happen in any situation. Sure. Not just appointments. Yeah. But it's a thing that we have to choose. It's intentionality. Yeah. <clears throat> you have to be intentional about love, you know, because you can slip. You know, l- love is something uh, that, that has to be intentional at all times. And so that will uh, give us the ability to... Um, deal with the negatives. You I know, find this negatives. interesting because it it seems to have this application that's personal and also really big. Mm-hmm. Like when we've talked about, when I've talked with others about what do we do for the city and how do we love it? How do we, it, a lot of times the conversation starts going to how to fix things, how to meet need, how to cor- have these repentant correction, correction things, how to find justice and but it's really interesting to love a city well. It really doesn't require that a city changes. No, no. And I find that interesting. Like justice is important for sure. Yes. Fixing things is important for sure. And those those objectives and those conversations are valuable, extremely valuable. But this conversation and narrative really isn't about how do we fix our city. Although when you're loving a city, 
you come up with things for the city because you love this city. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I remedy? Mm -hmm. But really the objective, if it's to love, doesn't require the outcome of it being fixed. No. And I find that really interesting in our relationships Mm -hmm. and with our entire city, that when we seek to love it well, it doesn't really require any conditions being met as a like an exchange. Yes. Like, I'll give you my love, right? But you're gonna have to change some things, right? Right. She's no. like, I love you. <laughs> that's it. I'm gonna lay my life down for you, and that's it. That bottom line. Yeah, it's interesting how that saying. But that's dynamic. hard. Well, it's hard for the human nature. Yeah. It's not hard for the Holy Spirit if we allow Him to engage our lives. Uh, when I say that, I mean, and it, that's intentionality, you mm-hmm. know, um, because we still have a, a conscience, we still have a, a a memory, we still have, you know, feelings. We're still human. We still have emotions. So all those come into play as well. <clears throat> but to cause those to be subject to the Holy Spirit is is the key. <clears throat> I mean, when, when we think about one of the fruit of the Spirit is temperance. Self-control. Yeah. Okay. And so I look at it <clears throat> in relation to loving our city, because what I look at is our city and every city in the world is imperfect yeah. and will always be imperfect. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes people say, well, if I go to that city, it'll be better. No, if you go to that city, um, um, don't go to that city because it's going to be, <laughs> you're going to make it worse. It was, but, but the point is, <laughs> in reality, <clears throat> is that loving our city is, is a thing where we love it for what it is. Right. For what it is. Now, what it is is imperfect, yeah. but it has some beauty. Everything has beauty. Mm-hmm. to it at yeah. some level. Yeah. Okay. So our city has been, and let's look at our city known for sin, you yeah. know, people coming here to sin. Yeah. Uh, but, but because we, we love our city, you know, we don't even like to call it sin city. <clears throat> you know, we don't want to look at it as sin city because yeah. uh, it has a negative connotation. Uh, we love our city. So when I love in our city, you have to love the people of the city because loving the city does not mean I love the the asphalt. You know, I love. I mean, I do love yeah. the mountains. Don't get me wrong. I love the mountains and the I love let me the cacti. I love all of that. But but the love of the city has a direct or indirect connection to the people of the city because yeah. the people of the city they're people that come and go because of the people in the city. And so what you want to do, you want to create a positive atmosphere uh, so other people will. Uh, love the city that's in you, mm-hmm. the part of the city that's a part of you. Yeah, you know that that you carry that represents the city. And so when you look at it from that perspective, <clears throat> we look at it like um, what I've always taught or always counseled when I counsel uh, premarital uh, people that are considering getting married. Yeah, I always tell them marriage is not and has never been about love. Oh, interesting. Never has been and never will be about not marriage. Yeah. Now, marriage, love will be a part of marriage. Yeah. But there are going to be times you don't feel love in yeah. marriage. Am I right, Pastor Samuel? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and my wife will tell you there are days we've had we didn't, we didn't feel love. So, what was the cohesion? What kept us together? The big word is commitment. Yeah. Marriage is all about commitment. Mm. It's not about love. Yeah. Because there's days you're not going to, there's days you're actually going to feel hate. Yeah. 
Especially love, like the emotional yes. sentiment. Yes. Perspective. Yeah. From that perspective. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, love is, you know, love is all encompassing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But from the standpoint of the emotional connection, mm-hmm. the days you're not going to feel what we in America, what we do in our society is we consider love. Because we consider it as an emotion. Yeah. But love actually Romance is and chocolate all and roses. Yes. Yeah. And movies and yeah. sitting by the lake. Well, yeah. Okay, but <laughs> it's more than that. It's much deeper than that. Yeah. I mean, because Jesus gave his life for the love of humanity. Yeah. Okay, and that, that had nothing to do with emotion. No. At no. all. No. And so that, but that was real love. And, well, and so. And even in the, in the talk about marrying someone, uh, I was always encouraged and I encourage others that when you're marrying somebody, um, do your best to vet your heart, not mm-hmm. to have an expectation of change. Ooh. But to completely buy into Ooh. them where they're at. Ooh. And that was a huge, huge help for me when I was seeking out my bride and when I chose my bride and when she chose me, is we said yes to each other uh, in our current state. And even in the marriage vows, I just officiated a wedding and I'm always blown away by how profoundly difficult those vows are. The traditional ones, yep. the till death do us parts <laughs> and sickness and health and all these elements. <laughs> And, it, and so it's that standard is like, I, I'm going to choose a behavior that I believe is really inspired by the deep and this high standard of love. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's going to remain fixed in its high values, no matter how much you decline or decay. Right. And, I, and when I heard, when I always heard people say, this isn't Sin City, it's Grace City or it's Saint City and things like that. There's a part of me that I always understood it. I go, I get that. But there's a part of me that almost felt like, I actually, I'm really comfortable hearing it's Sin City. I'm really comfortable okay. having to like lean into the idea that it's perceived this way, like, and then choosing to love it, even as it's being perceived as like a harlot, you might say, right. like when it talks right. about in the Bible about Israel being like a, like a harlot right. and right. things like that. It was almost like a test of my heart that can I put my fullness in if this isn't really Saint City? And it is still very much more the expression of sin. Yes. And rallied yes. its industries and everything. So I got it. I totally got it. I understood the concept, but I was like, I, feel, I almost could feel like we're missing an opportunity to say yes to our, our city in its ugliness, in its destitution. And we wanted to kind of put a positive spin to something that wasn't yet positive. Right, right. Well, you know what I mean? <clears throat> no, I, I know exactly what you mean. And so what I'm saying is that, yeah, I mean, and in the context of what I meant when I said that was simply yeah. that when we love our city, sometimes we don't necessarily like the negative connotation of our city. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. Uh, it is still one of the few uh, states that allow prostitution legally. Yeah. It was the uh, it was the the foundation of gambling. You know, I mean, other cities have come on. I mean, you know, let's well, face it. This city was built on vices and the profitability it, it, of it vices. It was based on vice and the profitability of vice. Bugley Siegel came here to make money. Okay? <laughs> and through um, some interesting, very <laughs> interesting things. ways. And then the prostitution just came as a re, as an entertainment part of that to keep, Abs- yeah. keep the people entertained. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but that being said. We love the city in spite of right. that. Now, now, yeah, and so yeah, leaning into it being what it is 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 it's really the expression of agape love. Yeah, it's the expression of yes, I love this city in spite of. Yeah. Now, but with that being said, 
I, I want to show you that within this sin city, yeah. there's some people that are not in sin, that are not oh, yeah. a part of that foundation, yeah. that substratum of the city, yeah. that are not living that way, yeah. that that are living a, a life that is totally opposite than its, you know, uh, its archetype yeah. of being sin city. Yeah. And loving it to the point where they're trying to bring other people uh, together in it for a cause mm. that will cause our city to be raised, the standard to be raised uh, in such a level that our mayor, Carolyn Goodman, received an award uh, for her ability to cause Las, or with Las Vegas to work uh, together with uh, uh, the faith-based community yep. and law enforcement. She won a, it's called Compassionate Cities Award. Yeah. She, she won one because of what's happening in Las Vegas. So now yeah. other cities are saying, hey, how can we duplicate yeah. what's happening? Matter of fact, uh, I, we helped train uh, some police officers from Tampa Bay, Florida, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, about eight months ago. Mm -hmm. I'm a part of Recap, and so we they came to learn. And a few of us, Pastor uh, Troy Martinez, myself, a few others. I think Pastor uh, uh, yeah. uh, Pasquale was, I believe. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we you know helped them get trained. Yep. And then uh, right now, uh, Baltimore, not Baltimore, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is interested in what we do, along with other cities. So here you got people. Because we've had a pretty cool expression yeah. of faith-based and city yes. officials and entities partnering together. Yes. When there's a murder in a neighborhood, yes. uh, church yes. uh, representatives yep. will be called in yep. to partner with the Journey as well as policemen. Both present. Yes. And there's a lot of examples like that where people like yourself yes. have done an incredible job in Vegas of creating that bridge of partnership yes. for city. Yes. And, and and part of that is, what I'm saying is that part of that is because of the love of the city. Yeah. See what I mean? Because we love the city. Yeah. We want the city to be better. Yeah. You know, and so the why is we want our city to be a better city and better is a relative term. Sure. It's a relative yeah. term. And so, but, but that our city function in a more loving way, that it function in a less violent way, whatever mm. we want to look at. We want to look at it. We love it to the point where we want it to be like our children. Our children are going to, you know, we, we want to uh, try to correct them the best that we can yeah. so that they can be best for themselves as going forward, even after we're gone. Yeah. And so it's the same premise, I believe, even in marriage, in raising a child or whatever, that the love for our city is to want our city to be recognized. Ain't nothing is better than your child. Like I have a son who's a lawyer and I have a, a daughter who's a doctor. And it was nothing, nothing quite compares to knowing, knowing that my daughter, watch my daughter go across the stage and say, Dr. Shannon Faison, yeah. or my son, Kyle Jason Hayes, who's a lawyer, and they both are doing well to know that that I had something to do with helping them become successful. Yeah, It's the same premise. Yeah. What do we do to help Vegas become what we would call successful in however you want to define success mm. or, or how you would define uh, good or define better or define, you know, whatever superlative that's positive um, from yeah. just Sin City. And I think that's where that's we get really, involved. That's really, that's really profound that in loving a city well, there's, there is, it looks very much like something. Mm -hmm. The behavior towards those who would be addicted to drugs. Right. The approach to those who would be homeless. Absolutely. Mentally ill. Those that would be uh, suicidal. Yeah. Those, there is a real significant 
like if I love this city well, my behavior does look like this high standard towards those elements. Yes. And it can't just be empty. Now, every person can't do all. Right. But it ha- there has to be um, a real significant adjustment in my approach. Yes. In our, yes. our approach. Yes. Yes. Towards all of these elements. Yes. And I think maybe even some of the more difficult ones like the the criminals of our society. Mm-hmm. I asked um, I asked some of the youth and some young adults in like a school uh, college scene recently. I said, well, so if you are loving a city well, what is your solution to partnering with the criminals or the deviants of society? Mm-hmm. What, where is your wisdom on that? What do you do? Is the best call to lock them up? Is it to lock them up in a facility that that's it? Or is there something else attached to it? Do you visit them? What does it really look like mm-hmm. for us to love our city well? The whole range. The whole range. Not just the the man or woman <laughs> of God on fire or the wealthy man or woman or the intelligent man or woman or the creative, <sighs> amazing individual that's great at a party. Right. But how do you love the guy that's embarrassing to have around your other friends or the guy that's embarrassing to have at your house or the gal? How do you really adjust your approach in your heart so that those folks, there's also a, uh, an approach that's defined that really loves well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head uh, and cause that's it. it. It's, it's to really, really love, you know, the city, just what you said, you have to deal with those areas that, that are not Challenging to love. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and they honestly repel us naturally. <clears throat> yeah, but naturally they do. Yeah. But it, but it all depends on your approach. Right. <clears throat> See, okay, so a lot of people don't know uh, that in my past life, I was a part of the mafia. I was part of the Panamanian mafia in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> I was a part of the drug trade from West Palm Beach, Florida to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Pastor Mike Mafia has yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MMH. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was that those seeds, it was about a four year period uh, when I was back in the 80s. Snorting cocaine was a big thing before crack. Well, they didn't even call it crack. It still might be a big thing. You think it's a big thing? <laughs> but, it was, but it was no, Starting no. To pick up it now. was really big. Yeah. I mean, it was big in the eighties. When yeah. I say big, I mean, man, it was people were getting hooked. I mean, snorting was like the they called it the rich man's high. Yeah. Right. But then <clears throat> something came out called freebasing. Okay, it was called freebasing, which is now we call it crack. But people say, oh, we, he, he's a free, free basis. Gotcha. So free basing was the, pre, the, the precursor word to crack because you have to free base the cocaine to make it crack. Gotcha. So people just called it free basing. <clears throat> and I got hooked all up in that whole thing and as far as selling and all of that. And, and so what happened was I became the criminal element. Mm. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, most people don't know this, but uh, now you're getting some of my, my testimony. I don't tell it a lot, but but I got saved facing 12 to 70 years in prison. Wow. <clears throat> I was sitting there facing 12, actually two times. The first time was five to 25, and then God delivered me for that one. And then the second one, he said, if you don't serve me, you're going to prison. And I gave my life to him. And long story short, from a 12 to 70 year sentence, I got three years probation, which was reduced to one year probation because I'd already moved to Las Vegas and my life had already changed. And when I moved here, the probation officer came to my house 
and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, you have a business. I said, yes, yeah, that was my old life that just came back to haunt me. He said, you don't need to be on probation. I'm going to mm. call Ohio and tell them, don't waste our money. Wow. So 12 to 70 years to three years probation to less than one year probation. <clears throat> and so the, point, the, point, the reason I bring that up is that I understand the criminal element because I was a criminal element. Yeah. So that's one of the, the strong suits. And when I say strong, I use it that way. But in ministry, I'm able to deal with some of those guys yeah. because I know that inside out. Yeah. I know that the 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 gang mentality. I know that we didn't have gangs, we had mob. Okay. Yeah. So so I know the gang mentality, mafia mentality, I know the criminal mentality. And I never forget this and I don't know if this is off the subject, but I remember the very first time I met our hitman. Our organization had a hitman. And so they said we're gonna introduce you to Pablo. And so this was in Washington, <laughs> DC, and we were in a part of town called Adams Morgan, uh-huh. which is a decent part of town. Yeah. And we were having we sat and have drinks. I said, This is Pablo. And no, he's the man you call if you have any real problems. And what scared me was he was the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> I mean, I was like, and we just I mean he had on a conversation just like, like you know, you know, we are Yeah, yeah. He was I'm like and it scared me. Yeah. I said, this guy is too nice to be. They said, no, he's he's the one we use. He's really nice. If huh? somebody gets out. I mean, this is personal. Talking to you about loving the city oh, well. God, <laughs> we talked more about sports and, and, yeah. and some other things. Because yeah. his, I mean, he was a hit man. Yeah. You know, and if. if he was if, killing it. I mean, yeah, he was really <laughs> killing it. And it's just that if, like, if something got out of line. You know, when somebody got too far the line and didn't do what we needed them to do, yeah. we called Pablo as the last result. <laughs> but so so I've been with those kind of people. Yeah. And so in ministry, it's easy for me for to approach those guys. That's why where my church is, it's easy to work with that criminal element at Twain yeah. and Swinson yeah. because I, I'm a, they call it an OG. Yeah. <laughs> OG, you know, old gangster, right? Yeah, yeah. So so I'm able to to understand that and said, so, look, I've been there. Yeah. And what you see now is not always who you've seen. Yeah. I said, I know the other side. Oh, oh, there's no way. There's no way. And I start telling them stories. They're like, oh, you? Yeah. Yeah. So so what I'm saying is that um, <laughs> there's something that God has equipped specifically yeah. in their uh, the life as coming to Christ or as becoming a lover of the city that have experiences that can approach people that other people can't. Yeah. There are pastors that tell me, Pastor, I could never go to 20 Swinson. So we want to support you. We 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 would never go to 20 Swinson. They tell me we couldn't we can't even imagine having church down there. And you're doing it, so yeah. let us support you. So I'm saying, but for me, it's the fact that that criminal element in God's eyes, here's what God showed me. He told me this before we started. He said the 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 worst drug addict, the worst prostitute the worst pimp, the most homeless, dirty person in the world has the exact same value to God as Donald Trump. Yeah. Their soul is worth the exact same. Their souls are not worth any less. Yeah. To God, their souls are worth the exact same. Yeah. So you have to treat them as such. Yeah. Now, they may have needs that maybe you don't have comfortable, being comfortable to approach, but then there is someone who is. And so loving the city well includes, does not exclude them. Yeah. It actually wants to make them productive citizens. You know, to get them from where they are, to bring them into being productive, yeah. and I think that's a that's a major. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a major uh, issue. I think when well, it comes to loving the city, these are the things. Before we wrap up, because we do have to do that soon, but these are the things to me that truly illuminate whether or not I'm actually sincere. Yes. Yeah. 
yes. Not the that's that. There's a lot of yeses in my heart. Yes to this type of person. Yes to the likeness of me. Yes to the things I really respect and honor. But there's areas that I have to really choose a yes where I would want a really large no. <laughs> and so these are the areas to me that I... Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it's interesting for me because it's not criminals that's hard for me to say yes to. It's not sinners. It, it's actually more religious people. Oh, God. The, uh, that's been my my biggest journey to say yes to those folks that are traditionalist in their like blood uh, that are, that are <laughs> standard bearers of like the old way and things like that, that those are the places that as a, I was a pastor kid growing up. So I experienced that dynamic a lot. Yes. And so I had probably about from 19, 18, 19, all the way through to about 24, 25, had a tremendous journey to say yes to the law carriers that this is the way it is. And they'll beat you over the head with it. You, you met, everyone's met even outside of church. Everyone's met the rule enforcer law enforcer guy. That's like the law is everything. And people are kind of like a, a side side subject matter yes, to yes, it. Yes. And, and these are the mindsets, the hard folks that I, I, uh, I labor for consistently to say yes to. Yeah. To love well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that what would be a really significant thing in ending this podcast is to encourage every person listening, whether they be a leader, uh, a, a Christian, non Christian, it doesn't really matter to me as much as how do you effort to love your city well? Right. First, in your own metron, in your own daily experiences, whoever you run into and spend time with, and then in your real practical, like, career financial contributions, uh, charities, and all of these elements, because there are a lot of people that are on Twain and Swens, uh, on Twain and Swens and that, that you can support. Yes. There are a lot of people that in your own orbit of life that are opportunities to love and really everyone around you. And how do you engage your heart in a, a more sincere, a more pronounced way uh, to love your city better than you did yesterday yeah. and better than you did the day before that? I think that would be my encouragement as we get into all these episodes, which will have a lot of different kinds of people in yes. here. And I'm yes. excited to have them all. Yes. I, it'll all be asking the same question and, and driving the same narrative, um, which is how can we love our cities really well? Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's great. And I think in wrapping that up, I'm reminded of a story that I think really uh, brings it home. I think about the story of the woman that was caught in adultery. It was interesting how the woman was caught in adultery. Then I always ask, how was she caught? I mean, yeah, embarrassing, I'm sure. I mean, no, were they peeping toms or what? (laughs) I mean, you know, we could. That's whole another story. But but the point is, is that that um, when when she was caught, they went to Jesus and said, "Hey, Jesus, the law says stone her. Yeah, what do you say?" Jesus gets on the ground, starts writing. He, gets, he said, you know what? You're right. You're right. Uh, the law does say stoner. But he said, he that is without sin, and what that really means in the Hebrew context, the original context, is that that has not committed the same sin she committed. It's not just sin, mm. but that's what made it so difficult. The same thing she's done. So he that is not without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And notice everybody starts dropping the stones. Mm. But then Jesus approaches the woman and says, so woman, where are your accusers? Yeah. And she says, I have none. Look what Jesus says. 
I don't accuse you either. Yeah. Go and sin no more. So notice the key. Yeah, the law mm-hmm. killeth. Yeah. Letter kills let the spirit gives life. So mm-hmm. notice that if just from a legal perspective, yeah, she could have been dead. She's wrong. Yeah, she's wrong. She's yeah. dead. But the spirit of the law is to give life. And so she's worth more alive telling everybody about Jesus than a dead corpse being the subject of the law. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that if we allow people, if we look at our city and say that person is better being alive, well, let's do what it takes to make them alive yeah, or make the city alive yeah. as opposed to being legal. That's beautiful. So in, in wrapping, I would just encourage everybody listening. Uh, and I just want to thank you, uh, Pastor Mike Hatch, for, for partnering in this. Oh, it's beautiful. This is We're both really excited about it's it. It's beautiful. And, um, and it's going to be really beautiful to create a narrative with many different kinds of folks and mindsets and yes. paradigms, having really meaningful discussions to create a, to create a narrative that has some really beautiful parts to it already. And so some of it will be, will be able to cover, identify and see amazing things that are being done. Yes. And then ask, how do we do things that aren't being done? Yep. How do we create bridges, yep. Yep. create things, yep. cultivate things? So I look forward to the journey with you uh, and the meaningful uh, conversations, discussions, and impact we can have. Uh, and for, uh, for those of you listening, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends about it. Uh, and let's go on a really cool journey of learning to grow and loving our city really, really well. Absolutely. Until next week. Yep. Thanks for joining us.